The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Up for free. 
say when we open the show with a song that references the apocalypse <laughs> but i tell you what i was so appreciative i got michael sean lee to go along with an old billy joel song yeah. and this was you know based on our our topic we're yeah. going to be discussing tonight the the first one that came to mind but i had to sell them on it folks and for the first time a uh, little piece of trivia I am not a big fan of live performances and listening yeah. to them. Yeah. And even when I go to a show, I've always enjoyed bands that kind of sound exactly like the record. Right. But some songs, and I could, for me personally, count them on one hand, the live version is so much better. Oh, man. This one had energy. It had yeah. That live and we song listen to energy. them back and back, and the studio version is just not yeah. there. And I mean, a lot of times, you know, the live stuff, for, for all its energy and all the you know, positive things about it, doesn't have the recording quality that we need to serve right. our purposes. So I can right. fully understand why you you know veer away from it. But uh, but yeah, this was obviously an exception to that rule. Yeah, and, and even at my you know days of DJing live stuff, you know the, the cardinal rule is never use a live selection. Right. You know. Right. And I was the rare exception of uh, DJs that would play out that I never wore headphones. Really. I never queued up music. I knew all my songs, like how the downbeats were and right. what they started as and, and whatnot. Right. And we just go bareback, as they say. <laughs> and uh, on, the, on the occasion, if I was using like somebody else's system or somebody would give me a song, and I would curse them to high heaven if it ever turned out to be a live version, because then the whole thing just That's fell funny. apart. You know? That is funny. Well, I will say, like so many other things about you and I, our musical tastes... Um, for lack of a better word, I'll say are complimentary. You tend to like things that I don't. I tend to like things that you're not big enthusiastically about. But I got to say, I'm getting an education on Billy Joel, courtesy of working with Johnny Teflon. And a lot of stuff that I pretty much didn't recognize and didn't appreciate, I now do, courtesy of our association. There we go. So thank you for turning me on to that. That, of course, was Miami 2017 also known as Seen the Lights Go Out on Broadway. That was from Billy Joel's 1976 album, Turnstiles. 
And uh, he actually wrote the song when he was living in L.A. in 1975. Hmm. And a little history lesson for people. This was when uh, New York in particular was on the verge of default, bordering on bankruptcy. A lot, oh, yes. of, lot of cities in the 70s were suffering from a similar situation. And, uh, you know, that pretty much explains the apocalyptic nature of the lyrics. He was envisioning the city falling. And he was writing it from the perspective of a New York resident who had retired to Miami, mm-hmm. which is still fairly common to this day. Sure. Same with folks from Boston. Uh, but explaining to his grandkids the fall of New York. Right. You know, which is pretty, <laughs> that's pretty serious shit right there. Yep. And now it really is. And uh, yeah, kind of serves our purposes for where <laughs> we're going with our main topic today. Well, before we do the main topic, because um, I know it's not going to change. The title of this episode says it all. Man, this <laughs> Man, shit is bleak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, up to the point of absurdity now, it's just like, wow. Yeah. You know, you, you got to kind of sit back now and, and, and kind of chuckle at it because it's just, it's off the chart. It's like, right. this, is, this is like, this is like a, a, a I don't know, a, an absurdist play to mm-hmm. the extreme. This is like Samuel Beckett's worst fucking nightmare <laughs> come true. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Where we're at right now, you know, this <laughs> well, shit is in, in just more, crazy. In more superficial terms, this is my, my uh, wheelhouse, uh, it's like the movie <laughs> Impact with the meteor, and they know it's going right, to the planet. Right. And when it does, I think it's Tay Leona and uh, Maximilian Schell. Oh, we're standing on the shore. Uh, standing on the shore when... watching the tsunami. Yeah, coming. the 100 mile an hour tsunami. Right, it's, right. Yeah. That's pretty much where we're at, folks, because yeah. it, it ain't going to get better. Uh, it's okay. going to get worse. Man. So make sure you get a good seat up front. Oh, I'm telling you. you know, and, and I think I told you in, in approaching this topic and researching it, instead of like looking for facts and statistics, which are pretty much my wheelhouse, um, I just kind of jotted down some talking points mm-hmm. um, and some questions, uh, first of which is, of course, is it really as bad as it seems? And I kind of think, um, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, know? you know, and, just... and, and, and I love that question because, you know, that's the point I keep coming back to. Everything always seems like the end of the world to the reactionary public, right. you know? Right, And, you know, when and Michael had read off like, this, this stuff that he was assembling and it was... You know, the big debacles of all these decades, one after the other. And yeah, and each one, as the populace at the time faced it, it was like, shit, can anything get worse than this? Oh, yeah. Well, spoiler, folks, it always gets worse. It's called evolution. (laughs) And, you know, even if if we're evolving, everything's evolving, including our problems. Indeed. So now we find ourselves in what I liked. I I like the narrative they're calling it the, um, the cold civil war. Serious. You know, and this this there's been so much debate these days, and I think most of it's crap personally. That you know, are we going to have another civil war? You know, that that scenario, the original American Civil War, was very very unique to its time, mm-hmm. and didn't have the factors in play that we currently have. Right. And one of the big differences between then and now is now we have mass media amplifying everything. You know, it's yep. like a loudspeaker in your face. And a lot of those people talking about, oh, we got a civil war coming. These are the same nimrods that are throwing out, like, everything is as bad as the Nazis. Right. Because you know? yeah. they saw a couple shows on History Channel. Listen, <laughs> nimrods, pick up a book, no, you know? know? Maybe learn a little, I don't know, socioeconomical causes for upheaval or something like that. Yeah. And then come talk to me. Because, yes, things are bad. But guess what? We're the ones making it worse. And by yeah. we... As always, we're talking about the media, mm-hmm. but also people that are so wrapped up in their own agenda yeah. 
and willing to shield themselves against any other arguments or points of view that are out there, that's what's making this shit bad. No, it's tribalism to the extreme. And yeah, yes. walling yourself off, surrounding yourself with a bunch of people that feel the same way and are, and are repeating ad nauseum the same rhetoric and the same talking points as you do. You know, same with your media feeds. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we were talking about pre-show is is Johnny constantly comes up with things uh, that are going on that he's getting in his media feeds that are strangely absent from mine. <laughs> right. And, yeah, not getting the, 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 the full story. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that both of our media feeds, our multiple media feeds, touch on, um, and one of the things that makes this so much different than previous situations and, and previous challenges or previous previous eras is the absolute demonization of anybody who has an opposing view or disagrees with you. Right. You found me beautiful one. Honey, you got real ugly. You know, now it's not just a difference in, in philosophies. It's a difference of, well, obviously, like you just made reference to, you're a Nazi. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I mean, talk about a ridiculous overgeneralization. Right. You know, study your freaking history, please. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, and that it makes so little sense to me. You know, the, the idea, and we've touched on this before, that, you know, we can no longer agree to disagree for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll cite the, you know, people on the left, my crew, the so-called progressives, as being the absolute worst of this. You know, killing family relations, you know, killing professional relations because people disagree with you. Yeah. You know, it is possible for a person... How about a fresca? ...to be a decent human being and have a decent mm-hmm. moral code... Just not have the same opinions you have. Right. And look, I mean, you got to say the same thing about the right, because there's people on that side doing the same damn thing, you know, because people are into progressive programs and, and, and trying to do things to, to help the average American citizen or somebody who's down on luck. You can't just write this shit off as, as liberal-minded, tambourine-thumping claptrap or a waste of money. Yeah. Because it's not always that, that case, you know? Yeah. And again, the thing that this podcast is founded on is different opinions with a civilized conversation mm-hmm. where we try and find a middle ground or a compromise. And I never would think that this would be like a lost art. Yeah. And, <laughs> and highlight and put in italics and bold civilized conversation. Right. You know, I, I, again, and anybody that's listened to this show for more than five minutes knows that Johnny and I disagree on, on multiple levels and multiple things, but it doesn't mean I don't respect his opinion. Right. And I get the impression, or I would still be here, that he respects my opinion as well, low though he may disagree with me. You know, and speaking again from the left and, and cringing at some of the, the, the extremism that's coming out of my side, I want to point out to people, and this is probably the root of all this demonization, not everything is racism. Yeah. You know, yes, I can understand it. You know, racism in and of itself, it's immoral. It denotes bad character. And it exists. But not every damn thing is about racism. Right. And you can't attribute to that. That's, that's. Here you are all equally worthless. That's idiot simplism. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Another ism? It is Did I just create yeah. another ism? Yeah. Yeah. And there. if it does exist, like, like most things, or I'd say most social evils, how about concentrating on overcoming it? Yeah. Not just pointing it out and saying, well, this is the roadblock to keep me from being my personal best. Right. Maybe we could do better than that in 2022. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But again, it's just, you know, and I I never want to put myself in a position where I need to lecture and or alienate 
our audience. Right. Okay. And even if you want to divide our audience among the liberals and conservatives, I, I don't want to alienate either one of them. No. So I'll say I hate all of them right now. <laughs> Just basically my fellow man. I, I've had enough. I wish I had a giant Godzilla-sized backhand. Yeah. Just to smack some sense into everybody. Yeah. Which I guess that makes me a fascist, by the way. It might. It might. <laughs> and I hate to break this to anybody, but um, removing a statue isn't going to fix anything. No, not at all. You know, talk about bullshit symbolism. <laughs> you know, and it, and it's funny too. It's going off the racist thing it, as. You know, I grew up in the Boston area uh, in the 1970s, early 1980s. When I left Boston, moved to Southern California and out, out there, and people would ask me if Boston was a racist town, I would always respond by saying, I don't know if it's racism if everybody hates everybody. Right. And uh, I mean, it's just a, across the board, yeah. we don't like you. And they, they still revisit that in, in today's sports environment, how Boston is a racist city. Yeah. It's just a tired old trope that they're, they're bringing out. It seems to be. I mean, just let it let it go, you know? And yes, I am going to try very hard not to curse in this episode, because <laughs> I, I, I told Mike during the setup tonight, I'm like, you know what, my friend, I, I can't even talk about politics at this point. It's exasperating. Because it really I'm is. afraid to even turn on the channel, because they are just firing on all cylinders and hitting every single one of my buttons. It's exhausting. Uh, yeah. really a lesser man is. would threaten violence against the leaders of our nation, <laughs> because that's how I'm starting to feel about the leaders of our nation. Indeed. And just, you know, the way they're coming out with with the uh, the party line of, well, if the Republicans win, this could be the last Democratic election this country ever. Just shut up already. That you know? would seem to be a little little touch of hyperbole You got there. a better chance of, like, Martian tripods popping out of the ground and taking over the planet, you stolts. Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> a lot of the people that are spouting that, I mean, you know, the idea that, uh, that democracy is under threat... I don't think it's any more under threat now than it's ever been, but certain people need to stop talking. Yeah. They just need to yeah. stop talking. They're not contributing, you know, anything positive to the discussion. They're just inflaming uh, people with the rhetoric, mm -hmm. and people need to start taking responsibility for that kind of thing. Uh, Hillary Clinton, talking to you, kid. She needs to take a nap. She needs to take an old lady nap. I know. You know? Come back in with her shawl because she's chilly. Have some soup. Yeah. Or just stay out of the public discourse. Well, yeah, it's just like, shot. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you, what you were just saying. You know, what? how about contributing something positive to the discussion? How do we fix this? How right, do we move right. forward? How do we progress? Because I, I have a feeling, and you and I just have discussed this at length, that a massive correction is due sometime in our very near future. Mm -hmm. And it's not the kind of correction that's not going to come with, without casualties. Right. You know, it would be nice if we could avoid this, mm -hmm. but people are just seeming to, you know, blinders on, you know, plunging headlong into this inevitable um, conclusion to this yes. this bullshit situation we found ourselves in. It's like we're walking down a long hallway with doors on either side of the hallway, and both sides are consistently closing these doors as we're walking down the hallway, and eventually we're going to run against a brick wall at the end. Yeah. And at that point... Your choices are gone. What do you do? Yeah. You know? Now, I hate to, hate to point this out to people. And, you know, like you were just saying, I don't want to be put in a position where I'm lecturing people or any of that kind of shit. Um, but every decade has faced its challenges. Every single one, to some degree, I'm sure looked like the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the 1930s had uh, the, the, the Great Depression. And just to make matters worse, they threw in prohibition on top of that. <laughs> right. 
I, I don't know about anybody else, but if I was living in that time, I would have thought, yeah, that's it. It's over. Ball game. Done. Yeah. They got through it. You know, 1940s, World War II, got through it. Uh, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, we had the Cold War. We had nuclear threats. We had the Cuban Missile Crisis. We had all of these things that seemed to be pushing us right to the brink, and we got through it. Yep. You know, and I personally think, you know, all hyperbole and exaggeration and bullshit set aside, we'll get through this too. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, would it kill people to start focusing on the solution? Right. Instead of beating each other to death with the rhetoric? Yeah. You and, know? you know, because it took a, a pop shot at, at Hillary in the interest <laughs> of, of total fairness, you know, having been, notice the past tense, a Trump supporter... I would say that, uh, you know, whether he runs or not, I, I hope to hell he doesn't win. Yeah. Because he, he can't do enough good to offset the continued divisiveness yeah. that his election would bring. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Well, bottom line is some people need to go away. Yes. They just need to we go need away. We need a hard reset. Yeah. Hard you know, reset. You had your time in the spotlight. You know, the, the boomers in particular are really bad at not knowing when it's time to walk away. Yes. You know, and <laughs> I'm not exactly young anymore. I don't, don't, you know, lay any claims toward youth or anything like that. But I don't want to be at the center of the bullseye anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this, this debate um, about abortion in particular... I feel like it's, you know, haven't we already fought this fight? Haven't right. we already had this discussion? Yep. And, you know, I don't know about anybody else that's listening, but in the 1990s, I was at the forefront of this battle. I don't want to be there anymore. You know, I want to cede it to, you know, the people who it really affects nowadays. Mm-hmm. Let them run with it. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, arguments I don't want to see on the floor of Congress, those damn penny farthings getting in the way of my Studebaker. <laughs> Move the... See, oh, it's it's time to move on yeah. and, and be realistic. And, you know, here, here's my daily caveat. And I've said this before. If they think that January 6th ordeal was, was something, that was but a taste. And now that it's happened, you know, the wrong people are watching the proceedings afterwards with, with very close scrutiny. Yeah. Because the next time it could be, if not the MAGA Republicans, <gasps> It could be just the liberals, right. okay? And either way, it's going to happen again. Yeah. I'm surprised it took this long. The last time they literally had any kind of march on Washington with any malicious intent, if you could even say that, yeah. was uh, the Bonus Army march- marches after World War I right. when they were shystering all these veterans out of their pay, and they dispatched, um, what's his name, MacArthur as a young cavalry you know, officer, yeah. to go disband these, these veterans who were living um, in, the, in the parks in Washington, right. you know, trying to make a statement. Yeah. That was the last time there was a march on Washington. So I would say, A, we were overdue, yeah. most certainly. Yeah. And to say that it's not going to happen again in the near future, regardless of, of which side instigates it, yeah. you're living a pipe dream. Yeah. So maybe instead of now saying, well, you could protest whatever you want in any city you want with any consequences you want, except where the seat of government is, yeah. that's some bullshit right there. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've, I've, I've found most disturbing about the recent uh, way of things, and I never thought I'd see this, um, but the, the thought police nowadays are coming from the left. Yeah. You know, the so-called progressives. Never thought I'd see that. Yeah. And, and nobody in this country should have a, a, in this day and age, again, 
should have a, a, a bully pulpit from which to lecture people on how to live. Don't come down here with your anger. Their lives. Yeah. That should be a secular thing. And if anything, that's what should model the current state of news, okay? So in terms of your entertainment or lifestyle choices, there should be channels that cater to that and extol the virtues of that. And that's where they should fight that battle. Yeah. Not in the realm of the news delivery and, and public knowledge, because it is just rife with yellow journalism on both sides. I know. It seems like kind of a flashback. Again, if you you've studied yep. any history you know, in between burning the books, mm -hmm. you'll know that this is not new. Right. We've done this before. And, you know, we often talk about uh, Bill Maher, and I think, you know, you're a fan, and I, I begrudgingly at times am a fan. Right. And one of the things he mentioned the other day was that, you know, only 15% of young people vote in the midterms, and, and in a later interview he came out and kind of scolded them because they don't really, they don't know anything because they don't <laughs> care to learn it in school or know about it in school. Yeah. And my thought at the time and, and right now is, excuse me, D-bag, okay? <laughs> Let's talk like adults because his show isn't exactly geared towards high schoolers. Right. You and I in school and him and everybody else probably watching his show on HBO was taught all about this. Yeah. In high school, yeah, you know, and uh -huh. even college, if you, if, you, if you went that far, about the evils of yellow journalism, what it did to this country, and how it still exists in other countries around the world. Yeah. I hearken back to the first Gulf War. Okay. Do you remember Baghdad Bob? Yes, I do. Okay. So Iraq will stand any aggression, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is a not-too-distant cousin from Tokyo Rose or mm -hmm. any one of these other... These, these evil despots always have a mouthpiece, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they put a microphone in front of them. And this guy would say the most outlandish shit, coin the phrase mother of all battles, right. and this and that, and we will you know, bathe in your blood and blah, blah, blah. I mean, did they even find that guy or did he escape at the end of it? I forget. Yeah, but I don't it's know. like, yeah. here we are at that time, early 90s, yep. laughing because we're like, oh, 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 that's so third world. Yeah. Turn on Fox, okay? Yeah. And you will find the next version of Baghdad Bob, okay? Yeah. And yes, this is me going against my own people. It happens. I kind of don't like when they end segments of the news with God bless you and, and things like that. Right. My, my religious you know, beliefs aside, it's a freaking news program. I don't want to hear God mentioned in it. No. Give me the facts. Move the hell on. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's... that's it's unfortunate. Uh, it's one of the things, you know, being of this age, for lack of a better term, uh, we do know and we do remember when the news was kind of the news. It needs to be dry. Yeah. Because it needs to be uniform and the same because it's the news. Yeah. Just <laughs> your expectations appropriately. Yep. Not a sitcom. It's not a, uh, I don't know, what do you call, you know, any one of these NCIS programs, right, whatnot. Right. That's, you know, if that's what you're looking for, watch those programs. Right. You know, don't right. watch the news. And, and leave, leave the snark, if you have to have it, leave it to the local news. Yeah. Because, you know, there's going to be local humor and, and, and little tidbits that they could throw in there. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, this uh, carjacking happened in Shelbyville. And, <laughs> well, Denise, you know how Shelbyville is. <laughs> like, but on the main stage, on the world stage, on the national stage, there should be no opinions. No. Because I don't care about anybody else's opinion. No. And maybe, maybe, as you alluded to earlier, and the point of this whole conversation is, what's going to be the watershed moment where the levee breaks and we either get 
50 times worse or we, we chart the correct course and, and yeah. right the ship. What's it yeah. going to be? Well, in times past, unfortunately, these corrections, these, these type of events that realign people's priorities and whatnot, you know, like I said earlier, come with casualties. Yes. And usually, in retrospect, one of the things you can see is how this was avoidable. Yep. You know? And everything we're hurtling towards right now is avoidable. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if people just take a breath, take a step back... You know, put your outrage aside for just a minute or two. You know, fuck your online avatar. Mm -hmm. You know, be a be a civilized human being for a change. Yeah. You know, let's not keep relitigating things. Mm -hmm. You know, this 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 apparent massive rise of um, uh, hatred towards the Jews, anti-Semitism. Right. right. You know, again, like the abortion debate. I'm kind of sitting back on. Do we have to do this again? Right. Why can't we move past this? Yeah. I mean, didn't, didn't we settle this? Has, hasn't this already been discussed ad nauseum? Mm -hmm. And that's an, yet another thing that I'm, I have trouble wrapping my brain around, given that it's coming from the left and it's coming from the so-called progressives, is this anti-Zionism. Yeah. And now apparently it's, it's, it's uh, du jour to jump on the other side of the argument, mm -hmm. you know, support the Palestinians. Because we're all about pointing fingers, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. vilify, like you said in your opening, vilifying everybody. Nobody's safe. Yeah. If there's something about you I don't like, trust me, I'll find it. That should be the, the political logo of both parties. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyway. It, yeah. We, just, I mean, it's, it's, it's bleak, folks, like we said. <laughs> if there's one place you want truth in advertising, it is the Rips and Rants podcast. Yeah. You know, the idea of titling this episode, man, this shit is bleak. On that note, uh, we all love you still. We do. <laughs> just saying. Consider this a little verbal rap on the knuckles. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. America. Right. And all the ships at sea. Indeed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sir, it's time for the middle gem. Yes, it is. What it do you is. got for? Something eclectic? I think so. I was kind of pleased that we stumbled across this. This, I think, as is the case with most gems, really does kind of summarize where we're at, where we're going. Uh, if you're familiar with this song and if you're familiar with this artist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is Morrissey doing a tune called Suedehead. Well done, sir. A welcome change. And one of her uh, first time, I believe, we're doing anything by Morrissey. Morrissey, yeah. yeah, I think so. Breaking new ground. Love it, love it, love it. Let us play this tune for you, folks, and we'll be back in a few with some more things and stuff.
Sure. A little something different. A little something different. Not yeah. nearly as weepy as I thought it would have been <laughs> coming from Morrissey. I know. He's a piece of work, Mose is. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Swayhead by Morrissey. That was uh, released as a single in February of 1988. It was Morrissey's first solo release after the breakup of the Smiths. All right. And uh, it was later featured on his first solo album, Viva Hate, which if you know Morrissey, <laughs> typical Morrissey. And uh, just in case anybody doesn't know, the term for Swayhead is a reference to the subculture of suede heads who are outgrown skinheads. There you go. So, you know, that is the progression of things. I know? guess I could qualify as a suede head at this point. <laughs> Entirely possible. Both philosophically and physically. And there we go. And, you know, a little message on that, that, you know, the, the progression of, mm-hmm. you know, young, old, get out of the fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The natural order of things. Yeah. You know, and as someone who's, for lack of a better term, not young... You know, I'm totally cognizant of the the idea that you got to give way to the young folks. You got to yeah. give them a little room, let them do their thing. This is why this special time of the year, as we're heading towards the holidays, uh, the beard grows, the head gets shaved, and I go into what I call Burl Ives mode. Nice, yes. nice. I like it. I like it. You're getting good with a guitar and a. And a I, I, well, I can carol? sing. I can sing all of his Christmas carols. Okay, that I can do. Okay. Cannot really play the guitar, ah. but I'm working on a harmonica. I like so it. So maybe you'll get a, a uh, Burl Lives via Billy Joel version of okay. something. Something. All right, a little something to look forward to. <laughs> Riffs and ramps is the future, Children. folks. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Pivoting away from our uh, our gym, which, which did have a, a a bit of an element of snark to it. Yes, because we um, always do. Yes, uh, something that, that we could wholeheartedly apply some snark to. Uh, this has just recently uh, come up in, in mainstream conversation, now that we are finally seeing it in the rearview mirror, seeing the COVID uh, Notice you said mainstream conversation and not polite conversation. Yeah, really. It was, yeah, the two are kind of, unfortunately, a little... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> COVID amnesty. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow, and no pun intended. Yeah, some people out there got it really, really, really wrong. Uh, and the big question, do we forgive them? Right. Well, as it turns out, uh, like I said, this is a, a new talking point. Yeah. surface over the last, I guess, what, two weeks? Yep. Um, initially instigated by uh, a young lady, Emily Oster, 
who wrote an article uh, in the Atlantic. I saw that. Which is not exactly a, a hotbed of conservative thought. Not really. Oof. Nice yeah. covers, though. Very, very nice covers. Yeah, very glossy. Very yes. glossy. Yes, yeah. yes. That's why print is dead. <laughs> um, and she makes the argument of, you know, it's, it's time to forgive those people because everybody is, is slow, not everybody, but a majority of, of citizens are coming to the opinion that pretty much everything we did preventative-wise during the height of the COVID epidemic or pandemic uh, was all for naught. A good portion of it was. Yeah. A very good portion of it was. And as always, it's easier to see these things in retrospect. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, and that's the, her point. Because, yeah. And I'll agree with her you know, to this extent. Look, we didn't know any better. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of fear, you know, bordering on panic. Maybe there was even some panic involved. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but when it comes down to forgiving, and I can understand the whole idea of we got to move on from this somehow, and I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't want to move on from this. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to kind of uh, break down and classify the reasons why people got it wrong. You know, there were some people that got it wrong just because they were scared. Right. And I can understand that, and... You know, even though it caused unbelievable damage in areas like uh, the economy, uh, the damage we did to the kids, uh, the fact that it seems like just about everybody is suffering from pandemic PTSD. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is there were some people that got it really, really wrong who had agendas that didn't have anything to do with the best interests. And uh, I heard somebody use the term the nation's hall monitors. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty appropriate. And those folks, I don't think you get off that easily. Right. Now, I, I, I would say, look, I, I don't always think that I'm always right, believe right. it or not. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. As a linear thinker, and you've had enough long-winded conversations with me aside to know, yeah. I tend to think of every aspect of a particular course of action right. ad nauseum. You right. know? I used to think it was devil's advocate. It was a good way to go. But now I just can't stop doing it. Yeah. So you don't need to be a chess player in many of these instances to watch all the obvious scenarios come to their fruition. Right. So as this was happening, and I'm looking at, you know, the, the social distancing and then yeah. the, the plexiglass going up in all the stores, and then I'm seeing, like, businesses closing and the kids staying out of school and going back with these masks, I'm thinking to myself, there, there's no way this is going to end well. This right. is because there's no proof that this is helping anything. Yeah. And then what would aggravate me at the same time was the people in charge, the talking heads, yeah. including those Dr. Fauci, <laughs> who would espouse the virtues of following the, the science. science. Yes. Well, that's all fine and good, except for two little things. Mm. Okay. Some people would say one man's religion is another man's mythology. I've heard that. I say science today yeah. is science fiction 50 years from now. Right. Because you can look back at anything and be like, oh, my God, these morons thought, in the instance of trains, okay? Yeah. They were afraid of steam engines and trains because the best scientists at the time could tell you that the human body probably couldn't withstand speeds of over 30 miles per hour. <laughs> Because everybody's riding around on a horse, okay? Right. Maybe that's why. So there's, there's very little forethought thrown into this. Yeah. So when people tell me follow the science, I'm thinking of the same people. They used to say, well, you get polio by swimming in public pools with other kids that have polio, okay? Yeah, I, yeah. Or the same people that say, well, you, you can't interact in sports with other people that are HIV positive because if their sweat gets on you or if you breathe the same freaking air as them, yeah. you're going to get it too. Okay? Well, that's the infuriating thing about seeing this in retrospect is a lot of the people who are the biggest proponents to following the science, mm -hmm. it comes out 
not only were they not doing that, but they had the information, right? And they still didn't follow the science, right? And following people, okay, let's say in government, yeah, who portend to tell you they know what's better for you than you do, yeah, are the same people that rounded up the Jews. They're the same people that put Japanese Americans in internment camps. Mm -hmm. They're the same people that ostracize different people for different reasons because of the best information they have at hand. Right. They've decided this is the route we're going to go. Yeah, we now, know what's granted, best for everybody. Right. Yeah. Now, those are some, some ugly, flowering examples. Mm -hmm. But you see where I'm going with this. And I this do. case was no different. And this whole thing now, as much as I would like to say let them off the hook because they just were doing the best they had with the knowledge they had in hand. Yeah. The people that seem to be espousing this argument sound suspiciously like people saying, I only did what I did because I was following authors. I know nothing. nothing. It's kind of a kind of a very stark and very disturbing right. connection and, and some validity to what you're saying. And I have noticed that some of the people that are the biggest proponents of Amnesty are also the people that are most guilty Bingo. of having an agenda that didn't have yep. anything to do with the best interests of anybody but them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, 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 you know, it's kind of like you shoot somebody in the face by accident. Right. You can apologize. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> wow, I threw you a big fat softball on that one, didn't I? That ball is out of here. Johnny took that one deep, folks. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it may have been an accident. It's all well and good that you feel terrible about it. But at the same time, the damage you've done can't be walked away from. Right. Somebody has to be held accountable. And you know what? It's not the shopkeepers. Yeah. It's not the school teachers. No. It's not anybody of our, of our civil servants, the firemen, the police, the paramedics, anybody in the medical industry that was following these rules that were set forth for them. Yeah. All right? Yeah. No, it's those individuals in the hallowed halls of leadership. Right. Put that one in air quotes. Yeah, indeed. That's where I lay the blame. And I got to say, there's been a disturbing lack of uh, people taking responsibility for their mistakes. There's been a disturbing lack of anybody who got it wrong saying, shit, I got it wrong. I apologize. Just the other day, uh, we recorded this soundbite from uh, Dr. Fauci on what he had to say on the matter. So that pretty much tells you everything <laughs> you need to know right there. Where the hell is he, is he, you know, is he exiled in Elba like Napoleon uh, now? What's his deal? I know nothing. Nothing. God. That little shit. I don't, I don't <laughs> have as much venom towards Fauci as a lot of people do. Give me time. We'll but, get you there. Yeah, you're working on it. You're working on it. But, uh, you know, if... You're in a leadership role, like he was in a leadership role. Maybe you should be the person that stands up and says, hey, you know, we got this shit wrong. We got this yep. wrong. You know, we're the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. You know, we're supposedly, you know, in the best position as far as having access to all the information to make the right decisions. And we blew it. You nailed it. And I, I think people would be... Look, the American public's famous for this. If you come out with an apology oh, yeah. and you're sincere, they'll forgive you every single time. Yeah. Every it, single time. As petty and, <laughs> and foolish and aggravating as the American public can be, that is definitely one of our most redeeming yep. characteristics is we will forgive. Yeah. Say, so, look, you know, the only other discernible model we had, unfortunately, was from 1918. 
we saw, we went back in historical records, what worked then. We tried to duplicate it. Yep. You know, maybe we did a little bit of good, but maybe, yes, there, there was some harm that was done here, here, and here. And for that, we apologize. But we made the best decisions we could with the information we had at hand. And what rational person wouldn't understand that? Even I would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the problem is you keep sitting on a mistake. Yeah. And you keep trying to, to, to sweep it under the carpet. You keep trying to hide it. You're not copping to it. It doesn't go away. Right. It, it, it snowballs. Yep. And, and then it becomes a monster that it didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of the situation we're looking at right now. And there are some people in the quote-unquote positions of authority that really need to take some steps to regain that reputation, that trust that mm-hmm. obviously at this point in time is being questioned. Right. Uh, and I'm being nice when I say being questioned because yeah. it's a lot more extreme than that. And this is why I thought, you know, this subject or this this subtopic today it was better than the one we originally planned on with, which was, uh, you know, this ugly flagration of, of violence in college sports. Well, yeah. We'll get to that someday. <laughs> but this <laughs> one kind of ties into our first argument because, again, it's just an inch. It's an instance of, I, I don't want to say social injustice, but it's yet another just ill consideration that rather than solve it via an apology or a policy, they just put it on a shelf. Yeah. Well, my friend, the shelf is buckling. Yeah. And if you put too much shit on a shelf, eventually it comes tumbling down and hits somebody in the head. Yeah. And you and I are going to be the ones as the body politic that are going to get hit in the head. Yeah. And it's bullshit because yeah. it doesn't need to be this way. So as far as their amnesty... How about new? There are some <laughs> people, like I said at the outset, that that you can fully understand and forgive for making a mistake. And there are some people that know there's going to be some accountability. Right. And there should be. You know, if we can't fix it this way, we're going to fix it this way. Right. You know? Yeah, and it's, it, like, it's like going to a, a modern-day citizen of, of Japan, okay, yeah. and asking them, well, we've been talking with uh, all the relatives of everybody that was part of the Manhattan Project, and... They like amnesty and, and your forgiveness for that whole, you know, two atomic bomb thing. Yeah. And you could give them all the rational reasons in the world why we did it. They're not going to give a shit. They don't yeah. want to get bombed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you and I and everybody else within the sound of my voice, we're the ones that got bombed by all these COVID rules that didn't amount to a hill of beans. Yeah. And yet they're, they're asking for, you know, amnesty and forgiveness. Well, no, go to the people that lost family businesses that had been in business for generations, okay? Oh, you want to try and summarize the, the, the full extent of the damage that was done? Do it. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I'm not sure a, human, a single human being could, but like I said, we're talking about severe, severe damage to not just the, the, the national economy, but the global economy. We're talking about, you know, upteen thousand businesses, mom-and-pop-level businesses that were crushed, that mm-hmm. were just just out of existence crushed. We're talking about the damage that we did to our kids. Right. You know, the, the learning issues that we now have to contend and with. mentioning like I did before about, you know, science and their solutions and how something 50 years from now looks ridiculous. We're two years away from it. Yeah. And I, I challenge anybody to tell me how our kids wearing a piece of cloth over their mouth was supposed to protect them from this and tell me that's not nearly as stupid as kids in the 50s watching movies that tell them to hide under their desk if an atomic bomb is, is dropping. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to protect them. Yeah, okay? seemed like a good idea at the time. Ain't going to cut right. it this Follow time. the science, folks. Yeah. And like I said, the PTSD that everybody, literally everybody, has been subject to. Even Karen's. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to fix all this... In, 
Wow, Karen. Yeah. yeah. We're not, <laughs> not going to fix all of this in one shot, but we got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, how do we, how do we, I don't know, how do we progress? Right. You know, yeah, we, uh, in regards to that first uh, argument for amnesty, yes, we do have to find a way to get past this. What's the first step? Mm-hmm. You know, how about we fucked up? We're sorry. Yeah. Cop to it. Yeah. Cop to it. Let's move on. Yeah. Speaking of moving on. Yeah. We got a third jam. I like it. We do. And it's, it's an angry third jam. <laughs> it's a dismissively <laughs> angry snark fest <laughs> brought to you by Riffs and Rants. Yes. And the good yes. folks at Social Distortion. Indeed, indeed. I think this is very appropriate for where, for where we're going. We're talking about moving on. This song is all about moving on, folks. Moving on. This I is, love moving yes. on. Yes. This is Social D. Also known as Social Distortion from Southern California, where my heart is. This is a song called Far Behind. All right, yeah, we're going to play this for you, folks, and we'll be back. Well, friends like you, who needs enemies? You ain't right, you ain't never gonna be. You're out of the car, I'm afraid you've been the incline. You shake my hand while you're pissing on my leg. I'm cutting you loose, I don't need this misery. Your soul is toxic, you ain't no friend now. Get you gonna stand my back Your time's run out I 
Just, yeah, little, but a social thing. It's a little catharsis on that one. You All know? right, it's even yes. better. Yes, I like it. I like <laughs> it. That, of course, is Far Behind. That was the closing song from the Social Distortion 2007 Greatest Hits album. Uh, it was written solely for that release, and it's kind of funny. There's an old saying in the music industry that goes. Uh, songs written strictly for greatest hits albums are neither great nor are they hits. This is kind of true. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I think Mike Ness and company, they, they kind of broke the mold on that one. Because uh-huh. at the very least, I think that's a great song. And, uh, and I enjoyed suck. it. I liked it. Yeah, I had fun with it. And I hope you folks did too. Yes, and uh, if, if people could not suss it out, uh, Mike Ness frequently introduces that song live as being about an asshole or about being friends with an asshole. And who can't relate to that? Right. We all know one. Indeed. (laughs) So, moving right along. Well, speaking of assholes, it's the holiday season. (laughs) Nice seg, John. Nice segue. Yeah, good, good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, already, it's it's Christmas music, social Uh, stores, retail is going, you know, it's it's such a two-faced, typical corporate America move. Yeah. Most of your major retailers are now going to be closed on Thanksgiving. Really? Yes. Interesting. So on one hand, you're like, wow, like your exact reaction. Well, that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. kind of a throwback. Yeah. However. Oh, boy. Goodbye, good luck, and good riddance. They've already started the Black Friday sales. Ah. So they're not going to miss a beat. Most right. of the stuff's going to be purchased online anyway. Right. Anybody who likes purposely goes out in this day and age, just my opinion, to enjoy the festivities of, of Black Friday, yep. also known um, to the layman as, um, well, it's like small-scale gladiatorial combat where the winner gets 10% off while supplies last. Uh, yep. It's not an enjoyable experience. You couldn't pay me enough to do it. Seriously. But well, yet me, they're me, lining up. Yeah, let me share this with you. Uh, earlier this week, John and I were looking at an economic report that gave uh, strong evidence to the fact that a lot of the inflation that's going on right now mm-hmm. is because people keep buying shit. <laughs> All right, so my philosophy in regards to Christmas and how I approach the whole gift thing, mm-hmm. and you and I talked about this, uh, all the adults get booze, all the kids get cash. <laughs> it does simplify things. Yes, it does. Yeah. And I've never had anybody complain on either side. And since a big problem and a lot of thing, a lot of what is fueling the inflation is people buying shit, mm-hmm. just this year, folks, let's adhere to Michael Sean Lee's approach to Christmas. <laughs> give the adults booze, give the kids cash, and screw the people that are, like, raping us. But here's the flaw in, in your logic. Uh-oh. The adults buying the booze are going to yeah. go buy the booze, enjoy the booze, and make more kids. Yeah. The kids that have the money are going to go out and buy fentanyl with it I and just that. wipe themselves I, I out. I hadn't thought, well, oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I could, yeah. See? We've yeah, been hanging I'm out go, way I'm, too long. I'm going to take that picture. <laughs> I'm going to let that one go. But no, seriously, it's like here we are, blammo, holiday season already. Uh, pumpkin spice season is over. It's now yeah. the era of the peppermint, which I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so start doing your shopping, doing your decorating, whatever. Mm. But, you know, take time to enjoy the fall for what it is. Yeah. You know, the leaves are almost turned, but it's getting chilly out. You got crunchy shit on the ground. You got all kinds of 
sports going on right now. It's like that heyday of everything oh, is, is still it's, on. Yeah, peak for the peak for the sports fan right now. Yeah, and otherwise, just I don't know, read a book or something. People just Seriously. turn off the TV, especially turn off the news. By the time this show airs, we would have already had our midterms. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, you're not listening to this from a bunker somewhere. Exactly, watching the mushroom clouds over the city horizon, right? The city skyline. Uh, and again, my advice is, you know, don't watch MSNBC and, nope. and don't even watch Fox, yeah. CNN. They're working on it, but they got a ways to go. So I don't know. Turn on Bloomberg or the yeah. BBC. Well, we should we should make a just a quick notice of that. CNN has announced that they're agenda now, their goal, is to actually become a news reporting organization again. Right. You know, more power to them. Go for it, guys. Let's see if you can pull that off. Yeah. You know, don't go chicken shit on us and, <laughs> you know, when, you, when your ad revenue drops, abandon the plan. Stick to it. Right. Follow through. You know, you just might be a part of fixing this world that mm -hmm. just seems terribly broken right now. Right. Terribly. But that's why you got us, folks. We're still here. Here we go. And on that note, as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you all on the post-midterm flip side.